today we continue our way through Matthew, which, as you remember, is my favorite gospel. It's the gospel of teaching with five major discourses where Jesus teaches us. And after each of those discourses, Jesus then puts into action what he taught. So in July, we were in the third discourse, which was all the parables about the kingdom of heaven. And now he's been putting that into action last week with the feeding of the 5,000 and with our reading today. Today, the disciples will find themselves in a rough storm at sea. And our other readings today also present people of faith in times of distress. Our second reading, St. Paul is wrestling to explain how some of his fellow Jews are still God's chosen people, even though they have rejected the person of Jesus Christ. And in our first reading, a favorite reading of mine, Elijah is fleeing for his life. Queen Jezebel wants to have him killed because he has ordered the death of the prophets of Baal. And so as he runs, he leaves behind his servant. He travels 40 days and 40 nights on just the food of two hearth cakes and two jugs of water, climbs Mount Horeb, cries out to God that he is all alone. And that's where our story picks up in the first reading. So stay tuned. But Elijah is mistaken. He is not alone. God never leaves us alone. God continually showers us with love and mercy. In his book called Creative Ministry, Henry Nouwen says that it's a challenge for us human beings to recognize the whole range of emotions at a particular event. And that ministers in particular, and us in church, when we celebrate sacraments and other major events, really need to embrace that whole range of emotions. At a wedding, like the wedding of Diane and Doug on Friday night, we of course celebrate the love of the couple, but we also have an obligation to talk about the challenges that married couples face. At a funeral, we acknowledge the loss of a loved one but we also acknowledge the sure and certain hope of the resurrection. Now, I don't know if Robin and Chad want to hear this, but we do the same thing in a baptism. A baptism is not just a celebration of a new child being born. We are not pledging that if Colton is raised in the Christian faith, he will have a life of only sunshine and roses. Instead, Robin and Chad, you are pledging to raise Colton in the Christian faith so that hopefully he has the grace to cling to Jesus Christ during the challenging times, because there are always challenges. The waters of baptism represent many things, and we will bless this water, and the blessing goes on and on, and it talks about all these symbols. Yes, of course, water is the cleansing from original sin. But it is also a representation of passing through the Red Sea from slavery into freedom. It is also a representation of drowning, dying to oneself and being born to new life. As most of us know, the waters of life are often choppy and stormy. Last Sunday, one of the graduate students who used to work in the Navy told us that Walking on water is really, really hard, and she didn't have to walk on water, but sometimes she would be in the gym on the ship on the treadmill during a storm. And when you're on a treadmill trying to run, and waves are pitching like this, you go airborne while you're trying to run. 
Now imagine if you don't have all that and you're just going on the surface of the water. This is such a great weekend for the readings, for baptism, for getting ready for a new academic year. As some students, faculty, and staff are joining us this weekend for the first time, and many will return in the next few weeks, and others are returning after being away for the summer, this is a great time to remember, here at John the 23rd, we are not a haven for escaping challenges. We are the body of Christ. Together, as Christ's body, we can reach out our hands and help other people stay afloat. The graduate students and young professionals last week did laugh at St. Peter, though. They said, well, wasn't that kind of stupid of him to try to walk on the water? And Dr. Ruth and I said, wait, hold on. He was successful. He walked on a few of those crests and troughs before he began to sink. And when he began to sink, okay, I want you to think about the last time you were in a swimming pool or on the lake. If you jump into the water... If you wait until your feet hit the water and then you cry out, Lord, save me, and somebody else can reach out their hand and grab you before you go under, you're not sinking at the rate of gravity. Okay, so he might have started to sink, but he was still doing something pretty miraculous. Previously, in the last chapter of Matthew, Jesus spoke repeatedly about the reign of God. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's tiny, but it grows into the greatest tree. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a tiny bit of yeast that a woman uses to leaven a whopping three measures of flour. Guess what, friends? Three measures is about eight and a half gallons. Imagine getting one yeast packet. Okay, and they didn't have packets of yeast, so it was even harder for them to get yeast leavening enough to make 40 loaves of bread. In this chapter, Jesus gave five loaves and two fish to his disciples, and they were able to feed 5,000 men plus women and children with much left over. And now today, Jesus, in his assistance, helps Peter walk on the water. I think these stories are related to the mustard seed and the yeast. Elijah traveled 40 days, almost starved, endured a storm, an earthquake, and a fire before he finally had the sense to listen and realize that God had been with him. He had cried out to God before he started the trip, and an angel showed up and said, you've got to eat. And he went to sleep, and the angel woke him up again and said, you've got to eat some more. You're not going to make it. And then Elijah got to the mountain, and he said, Lord, I'm all alone. And the Lord immediately said, I'm coming to talk to you. Even the great prophet had moments of forgetting that God was with him. George Weigel wrote a few years ago, in the Catholic view of things, walking on water is an entirely sensible Thing to do. It's staying in the boat, hanging tightly to our own sad little securities. That's rather mad. It is time for all of us to step out of the boat in faith, even if it, we only have faith the size of a mustard seed. The water may be rough and treacherous, 
But with Christ by our side, we are in for the ride of our lives.